Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome back to the North Lancashire Libraries podcast For the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson and today we are joined by a couple of special guests who are Kirsten Scott from Braidhurst High School and Anna Leslie from Taylor High School and they are the library resource centre managers or usually more lovingly known as school librarians and I thought I'd ask them to come along because I thought we'd have a wee chat about sort of young young adult fiction and what's popular with teens and any kind of tips and hints of how to get some teens reading and things like that sort of stuff so welcome to the podcast guys thank you for joining it's been great to kind of get you along and thank you for being willing victims on the podcast (laughs) anytime (laughs) (laughs) fantastic so we'll get kicked off um, and we'll start a little bit about your actual roles as as school librarians Um, let's kick off and find out a little bit more about that role what's the key aspects for you guys for that role so Kirsten what do you think is the kind of main key parts for for your role as a school librarian yeah Uh, well first of all just every School librarian works differently because every school's different. So what I say might not be very similar to Anna at all. Mm-hmm. It's all quite specific to your kind of school population and to the staff that you work with and okay. for. But um, for me at Braidhurst, I primarily, primarily, sorry, focus on reader development. So I've worked here for thirteen years and. Over that time, I've kind of built relationships with our English staff um, and our English PT, and we've really kind of focused on reader development and trying to encourage young people to to read for pleasure. And you know, uh, we've developed various programs and initiatives, and we've had events and everything. And our latest attempt kind of ties in, and we've spoken about this before uh, Chris with uh, the reading school, Scottish Book Trust reading schools. So that's what my main focus is. But it's just really about building relationships as a school librarian with your pupils. Uh, We're not teachers, so our relationship is slightly more uh, flexible and friendlier, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, with with your staff, because it takes time in any job doesn't it to to um for people to to understand where you're coming from and and to be maybe willing and open to what you're trying to do so it takes a lot of time and, and effort of course so I, I try and put a lot of a lot of my energy into into working with staff and then lastly um some information literacy um classes are always doing research um for their certificated courses but obviously before that as well so teaching them not teaching them sorry facilitating their learning uh, of how to to use sources uh either digital or physical so so it's, it's a really varied job and i'm sure anna could speak to that is that, that you don't do the same things every day yeah yeah and have you got anything to add to that yeah well mine is less um was we say kirsten has put it very uh, you know very articulately and with reader development but I just try and make, yeah, you're laughing, but yeah, I'm thinking, oh, God, goodness, I didn't put that word, but that's really what I'm just about to talk about. Um, <laughs> so really what I, my main aim at Taylor High School is just to make the library as vibrant as it possibly can be, right? So I do this in various ways, right? So I do this uh, with uh, my, and this is where reader development comes in. Thank you, Kirsten, for going first. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> reading to inspire inserts with S1 and PSHE and they run for the whole year and it's different things that I do there um, and I do an S1 uh, Rodal annual uh, festival and different departments are involved it's not like an English thing it's like they do a maths puzzle they look at illustration um, if you look at quizzes, you know, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of all different things. And that's a really good one for um, when the primary sevens are coming, you know, when they're, they're the new first years, you know. And then I also have started to do the Royal Society Book Prize with science. Um, which I, I really, 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 really like doing. I'm determined to win the prize for the video, so I need to make my video better this year. I thought I had done really Go well last that. year. 
<laughs> but uh, who would ever say with you? The other thing that I would say is that during COVID-19, I would definitely say that my role, uh, I had to really adapt, as we all did. Like, yeah. we all to adapt so during like COVID-19 I was using Twitter a lot as a way to um, connect with both staff departments and parents actually and um, to promote uh, all the books that I was reading during because this, this is the first time that I could actually stop actually like right what do I want to read oh, I'm going to try this I'm going to read this, yeah. this you know I've got two kids I don't really have a whole I mean you know you, I don't really have a whole lot of time and um, what's we say and I usually get to, I, I, usually, your get, on that. <laughs> I get to I usually get to about two pages in my I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, so yeah so lockdown really gave me an opportunity to actually um read so I was just promoting what I was reading on uh, using Adobe Spark and Twitter. It, it helps you create posters. They're like arty posters for the non-technical people. That's me. So it's me, fine. Um, what do we say? And then I also, I also collaborated with the uh, principal teacher of home economics. Well, I, I, I'll actually get an, a row for saying home economics. It's actually the uh, principal, he's the faculty head of health and well-being. So that's both uh, home economics and PE. Uh, was we say and we we created a lockdown cookbook so I was cook, I don't know about you guys again I was in the house all the time I was doing loads of like cooking and I was doing I was doing some baking I don't like baking but I did it because I had to uh, was we say so we I did lots of baking I just thought well if I'm doing this and other people are in the same position what are they what are they, what are they doing and yeah. I love talking I love talking about food so and things that people are doing so we did a lockdown cookbook uh, and I also recorded um, stuff for World Book Day using YouTube. Like I recorded a reading of um, the Fable Beast Chronicles, uh, first thing for fairies. Uh, I, I did that as well. Um, I've got to say, that was really nerve-wracking. It took me, it was like a, a nine-minute recording, and it honestly it took me about three hours because I'm <laughs> such a perfectionist. But it was good. It was good. So what I've been doing recently, because my library is small, is that I've actually just been going out, to, and I've only got two wee windows, so it's not very good for like you know air circulation. Um, just started to go to uh, classes and taking the library to classes, and can I just tell you, I've been loving it. I've been loving, loving it. It's fabulous. I must say, I follow Anna on Twitter. And all everything she does is just so good. I mean, most of us use Twitter to promote, you know, what we're doing in our libraries because we don't often get the chance to kind of work as a team, even though we are a team officially. So it's really yes. nice to like follow everybody and always to like see what everybody's doing. And uh, everything that Anna does is always fabulous, always kind of liking it and stuff. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, I do remember the, the cookbook and things when you were doing that as well. It was fun, a fantastic idea and it, it, it was great to see uh, whenever you mentioned that on, on Twitter and things. See, I'm all about trying to prove to people, see, this is, this is me, I'm always trying to prove to people that libraries are just like, all the things, all these creative things that you can actually do. All my ideas come from a book. It's not like, um, you know, it's you know, it's not like, um, you know, you're talking about, um, like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, uh, I don't think I could actually lead a class in anything else because everything I do basically revolves around books. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that is my thing. And I, I really, really love it because I didn't actually realise I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't really fully appreciate just how much you could actually really get you know get out of books. It's not just about reading. So I'm all about proving that the library is just because people are something. You did that, and you're like, yes, because that's what librarians do. I mean, Kirsten, you know, you'll be the same. You're always yeah. outside the box. You and have to. And that's what I love. I like thinking out the side the box to improve reader development. There you Absolutely. go, Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> and today's buzzword, reader development. There we yeah. go. <laughs> Fantastic. It's actually just great to hear the two of you being so passionate about libraries as well, because obviously, <laughs> as a librarian myself, I have the same kind of feeling about how passionate libraries should be. And, yeah. and it's great to hear you guys in a different kind of role, kind of just as equally as passionate about oh, your, yeah. your kind of sector as what it is, it is ours. 
Um, so we'll move on a little bit. Um, so obviously, from your position as um, as high school librarians, um, you'll be quite well placed to see what's popular with teens at the moment in terms of reading and things like that. So what are the kids really desperate to read at the moment, Kirsten, in your library? Um, the, to be honest with you, in general, the kind of main genres are still popular. So fantasy is still really popular, adventure stories, war history stories. We're a school of football as well. So we have a cohort of, of footballers that come from a, you know across the authority and sometimes outside the authority uh, to to come to this school because of a football programme either right. delivered by uh, the SFE or Motherwell Football Club. So sport biographies are always huge at Breedhurst as well. So uh, once again, every the books that are available in each school library are completely different because you have to cater to the the you know what your what your kids want to read so yeah. I'm, i'll probably have a lot more sport books in breedhurst than perhaps anna does uh, just because of the difference in the school populations so that in general those are still popular but it's still harry potter specifically kids still love <laughs> harry potter i mean they really really do they still love twilight and Percy Jackson, and The Hunger Games, and The Enemy by Charlie Higson. Do you know? See, I feel like we've we've not even we've not even like uh, had this conversation, and I'm no. like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes no. One I agree with uh, is um, Twilight. Not so much Twilight here. Um, I've got a big manga following oh, of like, yeah. I mean, from like first to fourth year. Like, oh really? Yeah, just, Me like, too. You cannot get enough of it. You're just like, well, like, to, like make another stand because yeah. they're just fed up with the ones that I've got. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I would say the manga is really popular. I would say, and this is the other thing, I'm going to go on about this book a lot. So okay, I Um, so whenever I get a chance, and whenever I pass, uh, this is this is how I actually talk to communicate with uh, my. Uh, with the, 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 my regulars that I don't really see so much anymore. It's like a, they pass me in the corridor and they must be like, oh no, Mrs. Mrs. Leslie's coming, oh no. Uh, one <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I read this, I think you'd be perfect for it. I'll leave it at the library desk for you or I'll draw, it would, it, would it be horrifying if I, 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 you know, I dropped it in for you and I'll try and not make a big deal about it. So <laughs> The book that I've really been promoting um, is The Extinction Trials. It's a series. It's a book seen by S.M. Wilson. Um, honestly, whenever I, I there's just there are so many pupils that I think that's perfect for you. That's perfect for you. You love this. You don't like reading. You love honestly. You love this. You love this. So uh, yeah. So I've been promoting uh, the extinction trials massively since I came back from lockdown. But I would say anything kind of dystopian is what really is what really um it, which really fails and that's when i'm coming in what kirsch was saying about um see the enemy and like the charlie Higg that whole yeah. like series of books um the gone series yeah. um by michael grant um i'm trying to think if there's something else but yeah it hunger games anything that's about um yeah, anything that's starting <laughs> just anything about society just breaking down and being like the Hunger Games, basically. Anything that can, it, yeah, they, they, they love things like that. So I would say that that's what's pop. That's manga and uh, things, um, things about the world being destroyed. That's yeah. that seems to cheer them. And the thing that seems to have been quite popular for quite a long time now as well in that kind of genre, which is which is really interesting because normally the I've always felt that these genres take tend to go through cycles and change, but dystopian fiction really has kind of stuck there for quite quite a while now, which is yeah. quite interesting. Um, and Anna, you you have mentioned that uh, extinction trials to me before, uh, and I did look up in it, and I, and I remember seeing that it said basically said it was Jurassic Park mixed with Hunger Games, and if if that doesn't sound like a fantastic book, I don't know what does. I mean, but you know the thing is, is that um I've got a confession, mate. I've I've never had, I've never read the uh, Hunger Games because I've um, never 
because it's not it's so pop. I see I just I read what I read what I want to read uh, and what I'm like what I'm trying I'm like I'm like you've got to and, and, and it, that's the thing so I read what I want to read but see as soon as I read something I think oh that suits uh, such and yeah. such so I read it wasn't um it wasn't a young it wasn't a a, a, a young uh, fiction book it was a, an easy I was looking through my easy reads and then a bit kind of like they were just looking a bit depressed, and I thought, right, I've got, to, I've got, to, I've got to change this up. You're never going to get people into uh, reading. So I started reading this American series um, called Classic Starts, and oh, I read. Uh, but I would say what I would say, and it's the fence, it is American. So all the spellings are American and things like that. However, it's just it's really see if you're not a reader, you, you know that way. It's not. It's one of those books you can read the classics without mm-hmm. having to have fiction yeah. beside. Or the, the the language isn't too old fashioned. Mm-hmm. So I actually read Anne of Green Gables and yeah. oh, what's the other one? Um, oh, Around the World in Eighty Days. Around in the World in Eighty Days. And see, as soon as I read that, I knew exactly. I, I've I knew exactly who I was going to recommend that to because the character just reminded me of this pupil and I just thought that's it this is for you um you're bursting so, the bubble and I don't burst the bubble because kids often one of the first things they ask school librarians when they come into libraries have you read all these books miss you need to always say yes, yes. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've read all of them every single one you know, I, I see when they ask me that question, Kirsten, I usually say, how much time do you think I've got? I know, I'm joking. I'll, I answer honestly, <laughs> of course I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, if you have read all the books in the libraries, that means you must have some very good tips to pass on to parents yeah. as to how to get teens to read some books. So, yeah. so as, do you have any interesting tips for parents who might be trying to encourage their teens to enjoy reading more? Yeah, yeah. Have you got any yeah um, I just had some thoughts. Well, I think about this a lot as a mother as well, not of teenagers, but of two young girls and working with young people on a daily basis. And many of them throughout the years have said, you know, I hate reading. I don't like reading. It's a waste of time. And I'm very thick skinned. It never affects me really. Um, so I've given this kind of topic a lot of thought and I think for me the number one kind of uh, tactic would be persistence um, it's like exercising I often uh, compare you know reading for pleasure getting into reading for pleasure kind of like the kind of couch to 5k program and if you just persevere and take it step by step and you don't try anything too chunky, anything too long to begin with, then you build it up. And before you know it, you'll actually have finished a book that you enjoyed. And doing that regularly and persistently, it it, kinda, it changes your attitude to it. Some of us are born readers. I would take a guess here and say that us three, we are born readers. But some folk obviously aren't and come to it later in life and sometimes never come to it. But if a parent's wondering why my kid won't read, then just be persistent and step by step do it. You know, give them a book and and keep them going with it and ask them about it. You know, what did you like about it? What you didn't like about it? Read together is a huge thing as well. Um, But don't think that they're going to be reading classics straight away. I mean, even readers don't often read classics. Uh, That's kind of like more of a niche nowadays. So I think also role modelling. If you don't read yourself, then your child is way less likely to read. You might think, oh, we're at high school now, we're doing our National Five English or National Five History or whatever it is. And the teachers at Parents Night are in the report card just saying, you know, so-and-so should should read more. But if you don't read yourself at home and there's no books at home and you're not surrounding your young person or young people with books, then you're not role modelling that positive behaviour. Whereas if you're reading, and as parents, you know, we'll read a lot to our kids and there'll be books at home, it's it's way, way easier. Um, so exposure to books as well, just having them at home, taking them to the library. I mean, I still take my girls to the library um, and make sure that their any Christmas and birthday books are always featured in their, their you know, present list. 
and are valued just as highly as a toy or a game or whatever. Yeah. So there's various things you can do, but I think the main thing is to be realistic, but and know that they're not going to start loving reading straight away. So you need to be persistent and take it step by step and maybe do it yourself as well. Yeah. Anna, do you have anything to add to that as well? Uh, well, really all I would say is for parents, I would just say just just be encouraging. Um, you will get some parents that, that, that do like reading and there are books in the house. And that's great. And see if that is the case with that type of parent. I would just say talk to your children about, you know, about reading. Do you like, do you like, did it, did it, did, does your child reading like reading a uh, fact? Or does he like, did he like reading things that are made up? Um, you know, talk about authors and things like that. Even if you're, uh, even if you just talk about, even if you're talking about like old fashioned uh, authors and things like that, because at least, at least you're giving them like they could just be like, oh, I would I mean like I was thinking about all that my, like, I was thinking about all the books that I used to read. I used to get all my hand me downs from my sister, so we're talking like Nancy Drew and things like that. So it's like if you know if you mentioned that, they would just like you know what so you it's just it's just about having you know it's just about having a discussion uh, and that's what I would say to parents having a discussion for parents that are don't like reading and that aren't readers um that's what I would say the school libraries the school library services for that's what we're here to do I'd I love when kids come up and tell me that um, they don't like reading because then I spend the rest of my time trying to prove them why yes. they were wrong. And if you, you know, yeah. if, if you try that, so I get that quite, I get that quite a lot. And there's people I recently, and he was like, I don't like reading. I mean, I, I, I mean, you get it quite a lot when you, yeah. you don't like reading. But what I would say is, so if you've got parents that like reading. Get them, get them to talk, get to them, talk to them about reading and talk to them about authors and things like that. But for the parents who, who don't and who don't have the money, well, that's what the library's for. That's mm -hmm. what we're here for. We're here to support. We're here to support. Don't get me wrong. We're here to support everybody. So I'm we're more than happy to uh, talk to uh, children who who actually you know who 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 want to who want to read and things like that. I, I'm more than happy to do that. But equally, I'm more than happy to um, you know like in, encourage help encourage um, children who maybe don't have uh, access to books, whether that be because. It's just not something that's done in the house, or where you don't have the the money. I don't really, I don't really mind. See to me, any library service, particularly a school library service. Um, and I think you, I think you'll probably agree with me here, Kirsten. Uh, was we it, it's about it's about being equitable. It's about yeah. giving people access, being giving giving anybody, giving everybody equal access to uh, books. And that's what a school library can do. A school library is a dedicated place within the school. We don't have to go very far. And there it is right there. And there's the, the, the qualified librarian. They can tell you, you know, this is good, this is good. If you don't like reading, I'd maybe give this one a miss. Because you know, the last thing you want to do is give a pupil a book and it's wordy. And it's like one of those ones you're going to, they're going to have to, you know, keep on looking at the dictionary all the time. That's never going to get them interested yeah. in reading ever. Um, yes. we I mean, it puts it puts me off. I mean, I cheat in the house. When I read books, um, was we say I often read them beside my husband because he's like a walking dictionary. I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? So it's like it's like um again it, it goes back to what Kirsten, what you were saying. It's about you know it's about reading together. You know it's like you know it, it it's actually. Uh, and this is what I found from when we we're having discussion when I was doing fabulous fiction with the first years. They seem to think it's this solitary act, but it doesn't have to be. It mm -hmm. definitely doesn't have to be. And I suppose, Chris, you would say the same with uh, your book clubs. Yeah. Uh, you've been doing um, like book bugs been going on. Like you've been reading like um, stories and things like that. Yeah. I would just say, you know, that yeah, like why not? That makes reading equitable to um to, 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 to all readers. But the thing is is that that's what I'm saying, like see when we were stuck um you know, during lockdown and I started to, to read, there is nothing as well as long as you ask the publisher's permission and obviously the author's permission, there is nothing stopping you reading an extract from a teenage book and putting it out there. 
Yeah. There's absolutely nothing holding me back. Yeah. Well, 100% agree, man. Just very quickly, that's one of the the any school library worth its salt if they're trying to persuade and convince and encourage young people to read. It has to be a level playing field, regardless of background, regardless of reading ability, and regardless of how often they read. There has to, if, if a school librarian is working with you, it's from a place of no judgment and it's of a place of, of, of positive support. And that's how we both uh, approach our jobs. And so perhaps, you know, uh, that, that's maybe an idea for, for parents. Just positive support, no judgment, keep the kids going and step by step they'll get there. Another thing, like the other thing that just quickly that I didn't actually say is that I would get parents to ask their kids, well, find out about your kids, what are their hobbies, what do they like, what do they not like, um, what, do they, um, what do they watch? It's quite a lot when I, when I get uh, kids coming out of the library, I'm like, what's your favourite film? That's how I always start off, because then I can kind of have a rough idea of, you know, what they like. Although, I mean, yeah. not, not always. I mean, it's not like, it's not like a given. But if you can, if they, a lot of them are starting to say, I don't watch films. So, yeah, you say you turn to, what do you watch on YouTube? And, you know, you get these things. So it's like, oh, I watch Minecraft videos. That's quite popular in my household. So um, we've got lots of Minecraft books and things like that. So, you know, it's just really, it's just honestly, again, it's like I feel like I'm kind of talking about the things that Kirsten's already been talking about. And it's just, it's just being open and having a conversation. It's just open and having a conversation and no judgment. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, what we'll do now is I think we'll focus a little bit more on book, more kind of on more books specifically. Trying to say that word out. Um, um, I was thinking I, I was a big fan of YA fiction in the past. In the past, um, whenever Twilight and The Hunger Games and Divergent things like that were huge hits. Um, Kirsten, are those still kind of big hits for for kids? Would you say? I know you were touching on it a little bit earlier, saying that like Harry Potter and things like that are still quite popular. Are these ones still quite big big hits for for kids? Definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, my Twilight books get lost every year, and I have to buy <laughs> new Twilight books, so that speaks for itself. Um, yeah. But the, the these films are still being streamed. Uh, they're still very much part of popular culture. Um, but there's always new titles as well. So the great thing about young adult fiction is that they're most well not most of them, but a, a large a lot of them are adapted into TV or films. Yeah. And so you you think of like your most popular films and TV shows that are targeted. Targeting this age group, and it's always young adult fiction, fantasy, dystopian stories. So they'll always be popular, uh, and the ones that came out first, kind of 10, 15 years ago, um, they're still still really popular as well. But there's always new titles as well, so it's always evolving. But there's there's still room for the 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 old the the OGs, the originals. Uh, Certainly in Braidhurst, they're still popular. I, I remember actually finding out about the Hunger Games on a website. I don't think it's actually there anymore, or it was bought over. Which was it was on Shelfari at the time, and it was kind of it was when it was kind of getting really quite popular in America. And and myself and one of my colleagues, uh, Hilary Petrie, kind of found out about it around about the same time. And it, and I um I like to make a bit of a claim to fame of thinking that I was a bit ahead of the curve when it came to <laughs> the Hunger Games and read it before most people did. And then like a bit like you, Anna, with the the extinction trials, like I championed it with everybody that I that I spoke to and read it to, and then and then it became this massive thing and a big hit movie and things like that sort of stuff. And it, it's it was it was one of those type of game, it, one of those books that really kind of caught my eye and, and really kind of dragged you in as a reader. And I thought it was really good. But you you guys must be quite um must enjoy why why fiction quite a lot as well as as being uh, school librarians. What's really been catching your eye at the moment? Anna in terms of that are there any top recommendations I've been waiting for this this is like this is this is like my favorite question I've been waiting for this question the whole time other ones I'm just like, okay so my top I actually wrote them down in my top picks okay. uh, I've my top picks I've got again I'm sorry we've been talking about it loads but it's on the top list the extinction trials by S.M. Wilson but I like this other one called Big Bones by Laura Doctrell 
Um, yes. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, what do we say? Basically, the chapters are um, like, it's like the chapter begins, chapter one, noodles, um, cakes, fairy cake. And then there's a, like, you know, and it, it goes <laughs> whatever. She loves food um, and obviously big bones. She's... She's got to. She loves. She loves food. It's not like it's all like junk food she's eating. It's like nice. I mean, I'm like I was like, oh, I wonder what she's eating today. And what do you say? So it's like yeah. So she she just loves food, but she's got to be careful because she's got asthma. Oh. She's got to. But it's quite serious. It's not just like you know a couple of wee puffs and the, the inhaler kind of thing. It's like serious. Um, and she's desperate. She hates school. She's desperate to leave school. Um, and uh, she works in a coffee shop and she wants to go and work there full time. But her mum is like, no, you're not going to work there. You're going to finish school. And so it's interesting. It's just a bit. Uh, the other things happen and it's just that journey. But I just loved it. Uh, opening up the chapter to see what she was she was like a proper cook and she was like making stuff so I was just I was in my element because I was like oh this chapter is called noodles making with it kind of thing so it was like yeah so it was really really good so if you love if, if you if you if you if you if you love food and um, what do we say it's it's it, and you, you you know you want that part of the conversation it's definitely the book but there are other don't get me wrong there are other themes i mean i feel like i'm not doing a lot of a doctoral um it, it, like you know she'd be like and it's about it's more it's more about this and it's about this but it's just, <laughs> i just really liked that it was about food but then i'm reading it from an ad you know i'm reading it from an yeah. adult yeah. then the other one that i read and oh was we say I feel I feel embarrassed to admit this one, but Go I, I, on. to all the boys I've loved by Jenny Han. Yeah, I really really like that. Um, and it's it's done really. Um, it's done really. I really it's done really like from a, from a parent's point of view, it's done really responsibly. Um, <clears throat> but I just I love <clears throat> excuse me I love the character between um Lara Jean and Peter. I think they might be one of my favourite romantic couples ever because oh, it, wow. it it just it takes you back to a time you just think oh that's that's so that's so sweet so yeah the romantic in me loves to all the boys I've loved before by Jenny Han the next one I'm going to tell you about and I'm reading it just now it's going to take me forever to read it but it's really really good it's called Fountains of Silas, Silence Ooh. by Ruta Sepetis. Eh, she oh, yes. is a Carnegie winner. Um, what do we say? But this is a new one, The Fountains of Silence. And I went to an event during the lockdown where she was talking about books. And man, oh man, I mean, see when she was talking about it, you could tell that she had researched it really well. But see when you read it, you're like, and I did history at university, so this is like totally up my street. But it's like so impressive. Honestly, it's so impressive. You're just like, this is so well researched. This is so well researched. So that one. Five. Sorry, I will be stopped in a minute. Uh, <laughs> by Lizzie. Uh, now, my mum. Uh, my mum was a modern languages teacher, and so she was here. She'd be scolding me for how I'm about to pronounce this Spanish name. <laughs> uh, Velasquez. I think that uh, Lizzie Velasquez. Okay, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'll I'll, I'll spell it. It's B E L A S Q U E Z. Um, what do we say, Valasquez? Um, so this book is basically autobiographical, and it's about this girl who discovers that um, she has a rare uh, disease, and I had it written down, and now I can't find it. And so, but anyway, she got a, a genetic, and it affects her, um, it affects her facial features, and it affects um, her body. Um, and she discovered when she was a teenager that somebody had put her on a video um, called The World's Ugliest Woman, and she decided to take a stand. And she's, she's a motivational speaker now, and she uh, does a, a follower. So basically, it's all about when she found this uh, video um, and how it, she, you know, it went from there. Um, but it's amazing. Day to be kind. It's about being kind to yourself. It's about being kind to others and it's about being kind to the bully. 
it's been kind to people that are mean and that's the hard bit and you have to keep on you have to you have to really read it it's so inspirational it's so inspirational for teens i mean it's for adults too but it's so inspirational for teens so inspirational right that's me i'm done so really interesting. <laughs> <Kirsten>, <laughs> if... down, they sound fantastic anna um have you got any be... to that Kirsten? i'll be super super quick promise um Shadow and Bone by Lee, I'm terrible at pronouncing surnames, Bardugo, Bardugo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Netflix at the moment, but it started out obviously as young adult fiction, and it's a, a fantasy story, magic, um, love story, adventure, etc. It's a trilogy, um, and it's, 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 it's really great. It's, it's a, fantastic, a fantastic read. And as I said, they've adapted it into a TV series for Netflix, which was a huge hit earlier this year, I think. Um, I'm reading this series uh, by Julie. Once again, I'm going to mispronounce her second name. Bertagna? Bertagna? That, yeah, sorry. No. <laughs> uh, and it's... Uh, it, I don't think it's a trilogy of novels, but I don't think it has a series name. So I'm just going to call it the Exodus series. But it's she's a Scottish writer. The uh, stories are set in Scotland, uh, or begin in Scotland, I should say. And even though it was published 20 years ago, it's about really topical themes. It's basically about uh, post-climate crisis. Um, the world is literally drowning. And it deals with, obviously, the fallout of that. Uh, in terms of you know refugees and what happens um, with a society where some folk can can escape the climate crisis and other folk are having to suffer it and what kind of future you would have so it's, it's a really great read um, and also the Philip Pullman's um, The Book of Dust trilogy yeah. which is two books in, um, La Belle Sauvage and The Secret Commonwealth. Um, I, I didn't really enjoy them as much as I enjoyed the first trilogy, His Dark Materials, but they are still a really great read and, and Pullman's a super storyteller, so I would I would recommend that as well. Fantastic. Now, let's uh, try and delve a little bit into our own past a little bit. I imagine oh. we're back in high school. And yeah. what was our favourite reads whenever we were back in high school? So Anna, what was your favourite reads? Do you have any that you that really fostered the love of reading on you, or is there any you're a little bit ashamed to admit to now that you're a bit older? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I just I, I'm of the books that I'm about to suggest uh, generally are of my generation. So you know, I'm sure everybody here. Not that I'm trying to say that everybody's the same age as me, but um, I'm sure everybody will appreciate um what I'm about to say. But no, what book really uh, fostered my love of reading um is actually um it might surprise you actually it's a uh, Anne Frank's Diary. Wow. Rejected. Right. That was my first book that I actually stayed up late to read. Like I was just totally, I would not put it down. Um, I loved it. I loved it. I go on about it all. I've been talking about it all the time. Eh? Like whoever will listen to me, like <laughs> the whole world. Um, yeah. So that was that was my favourite. And I read lots of other books around it as well. Um, I just was fascinated. I just couldn't understand how something like that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I loved how human Anne was. Like she wasn't. She was just you know like that kind of she wasn't I, I, she was just human you know she was just very yeah. human she, they were living in this really tight space and she's like oh this person's really annoying you know as you would yeah. and it just I just but I remember thinking at the time like wow this is just this this girl could just could be I could be this girl you know I, I really yeah. you know this could be me because I had a sister and everything like that so an older sister and I'm thinking yeah you know that that could be me so I was totally um I would yeah I was totally that was the book that I fell in love with the other books are not so um uh, classy I didn't I don't I don't remember <laughs> I don't remember see when I was young I don't know what you um Kirsten, I don't really remember anybody saying this is junior fiction and this is no, adult fiction. no I just was handed down books from my sister yeah. that's that's 
that, that's how that's I mean so it wasn't really um and then the ones that my mum bought me I was just like well, I don't want to read them but I think it was kind of cool because you know my sister had did them so I'm going to admit it yes and it's not and these I think these are technically classed as junior fiction but I mean I did read them as a teenager um Nancy Drew there was yeah. one I can't remember but it stands out even now it stands out in my mind and they go to Venice um, and it's all about the mystery and like the glass and it was to do with glass and it, yeah and that stays in my, my mind and it's actually it's even now as an adult I'm like, I really want to go to Venice because Nancy Drew <laughs> is in Venice. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten what about you what, what have you um, got for your past? I've got Three books I'll talk about quickly. The book that made me a reader, I read at primary school, so not when I was at secondary, but it was The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis. And I'm a fantasy fan. I love fantasy literature. So that was the first book like Anna that I literally stayed up all night and and couldn't put it down and would read some of those books in that series in a day and was just obsessed obsessed with it and so that was the book that made me a reader but that was at primary school not at secondary school but at secondary school uh, what I read uh, that stays with me well I'll, I'll, I'll go with the classy one as, as Anna calls it uh, <laughs> The Lord of the Rings uh, fell in love with The Lord of the Rings when I think I was maybe in second year and it's it's part of my personality now, The Lord of the Rings. It means that much to me. It's a if, if you if you know me, you know that I love Lord of the Rings. And the one I guess like a guilty read, a guilty pleasure. Um, but I I did really really enjoy them. Were the Sweet Valley High books by Francine Pascal. I love. I that too, but then yeah. I thought maybe I, 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 no, uh, yeah, in the junior fiction, the junior fiction section in our library. So I didn't, I didn't want to mention them, but yes, I read them too. <laughs> uh, I mean, when I was, I actually attended the school that I work in, and we weren't weirdly uh, encouraged or given access to a borrow books from the school library um so these were books that i either borrowed from the public library uh or or were, or were gifted from like my parents or whoever but yeah i i absolutely loved sweet valley high it was pure trash escapism but it was great if you were a teenage girl uh wishing you were a teenage girl in motherwell wishing you were a teenage girl in california yes <laughs> You're happy, you're happy and I'm volunteer, but I, I, you know, I had, I had the wish of uh, wanting volunteer. <laughs> I'm brown now, but I, I was, a, I was a blonde at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but I think from from the high school, from from my point, I remember my 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 friends that were kind of readers were split into two camps a little bit. It was you were you were either a Harry Potter fan or a Lord of the Rings fan, yeah. and and. And the two didn't usually merge too well, <laughs> and, and and I and I initially was was on the Lord of the Rings side of side of the things, but uh, but one of my friends convinced me to read one of the, the Harry Potter books, and I was I was I thought to myself, I don't think this is going to be anywhere near as good as Lord of the Rings. It can't be, it can't possibly. But I was like totally hooked by Harry Potter, and then I'm now a huge Harry Potter fan too. So anyone who is in a similar position to me who hasn't read those books read both because they're both fantastic books and definitely both worth reading for, for sure yes. um totally different as well like the the, the the some i think i think at the time we were kind of lumping them together a bit because it was a time whenever the movies were coming out and it was yeah. it was like the the movies were um the 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 lord of the rings ones were maybe a bit cooler to be the fan of rather than the harry potter ones and things like that but definitely worth kind of reading the the, the, the two series for, for sure and the great thing I love about the Harry Potter book and ones in particular is that they they grew with the the sort of audience as they went uh, went as well it was very well written I think by J.K. Rowan in that respect because the first ones are very sort of aimed at kids but but as obviously that that readership grows and gets older they, they do get very very darker and, very, and, and as, as it goes on so it's very well done. Yeah, I actually I agree with you. Um, yeah, like because the 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 ones at the beginning are not the same as the ones um as the ones towards the the the, the, the end. 
I, yeah, I've never really thought about all of that. Um, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And actually to do that as a reader, to grow with your reader, I mean, that's, that's saying something. Yeah. And finally, I'll, I'll end the, my last question by asking us to step away for, from Young Adult for a wee minute and just ask, if, have you got any sort of favourite reads recently that isn't from that genre? So any kind of adult book or any junior fiction book, if you, if you want to go that direction as well. Um, Anna, have you got anything you would like to kind of throw out there as a recommendation for our, for our readers? Um, yeah, I definitely would, but I, I think, see, this is what annoys me, because I know we're talking about adult fiction, but I always think books are for everybody, like, books are for everybody, like, it doesn't matter, like, um, like I like to call junior, I hate calling junior fiction junior fiction, I like to call them universal. Um, <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, because everybody gets so true, because everybody can read them, and I think you're missing, see, if you do not read junior fiction, you are missing out. You're totally missing out. And the one that I'm going to suggest, and I will always suggest because it's now become my favourite, is the One series by Morris Gleitzman. Yeah. Um, and it follows uh, a wee Polish uh, boy whose parents put him into an orphanage um, to save him from the Nazis. Um, and But then the Nazis come to the orphanage and then it's all about his journey and then he meets another wee girl called Zelda who you find out who parents, who was a burning building but her parents are Nazis. Um, but these two uh, unite and oh, it's, it's the, the, the books, you know, they start off once after then, now, they all start like that um, at, at, at the beginning of the chapter. Um, it's just so, so, so good. Please, if you if you read once, have a box of tissues ready at the end. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Kirsten, what would you throw at the as a, as a suggestion? Um, well, I've been reading for the past year and a half a fantasy series called The Wheel of Time. I don't know if you're familiar with The Wheel of Time, but it's high fantasy, it's pure fantasy. So unless you like fantasy, it's probably not going to be your thing. But it's incredibly famous fantasy series and they are actually making it into a TV series which debuts on Amazon next month. So I thought it was quite timely. It is 14 books, that's why it's taken me a year and a half to kind of get through it. And I think I'm on book, might be in book 11. I've just finished book 11 and they all are quite chunky, but they are pure fantasy. So uh, I would highly recommend that. Um, and I... About five years ago, I did a really silly thing where I downloaded a list uh, online of the hundred kind of books you should read, you know, mm -hmm. like a bucket list. And so a lot of them were classics and some I'd read, but some I hadn't. And some of the classics, I'm going to be frank, I did not really like. Uh, but a couple of them I loved. And one that I loved the most is The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, which mm -hmm. blew me away. It is a long book. Most of them are, uh, but it's so good. Uh, it's 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 philosophical. It's spiritual. It's an adventure. It's a revenge story. It's awesome. What do we think? You're only the second person in my uh, in my uh, I don't know, like nearly fifteen years. 20 years or not quite 20 years yet um, in libraries that's ever said that. The only one other person that's told me about the Count of Monte Cristo was a math teacher years ago when I was in the staff room. <laughs> um, it is so good. It's, it's really interesting that, 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 that you say that. But see, if we're talking about classics, um, I have I have a few. I love um, I love Jane Eyre. That's like the favourite. Yeah. Um, I'll um, I love it. Uh, you feel? Do you feel so? It's just it, Mr. Rochester. He's just such a wounded soul, um, <laughs> and they just kind of save each other. And I love that. But I also love, and I loved it as a teenager. And I remember I really liked it in first year because I'm of the generation that um, Colin Firth was playing Mr. Darcy in the oh, TV. Oh, prejudice! Yeah, uh -huh. I, I was I was obsessed. So I actually read. Um, that quite you know like like early like early on like sort of first year second year so i love pride and prejudice i love pride and prejudice um 
yeah and i'm trying to think if there's a the other one that I'm, they are, they're my classic favourites, um, was we say, but the other one that I want to talk about just before we um, leave, and I haven't read it yet, it's kind of like, I don't know about you guys, but do you have like a pile of books on your, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting there to read yeah. this? Yeah. My pile keeps on getting bigger, and I want yeah. to read the Infinity Files by, again, by Ethan Wilson, because I'm thinking if I love I'm a wee bit nervous, but you know, because I just, I just love the Extinction Trial so much. But um, the Infinity Files is now in the Scottish Teenage Prize, and mm. I want, to, I want to do that with third years, so I want to get that. So um, I, that's really, that's really, I really got, that's really got to be on my to do list. I need to get, I need to get moving. <laughs> I think that's one of the the, uh, the problems of being a librarian is that that to do that 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 to read list just gets longer and longer and longer and longer rather than shorter. Um, yeah. It's just uh, it's a it's a downside of of the job. I think is that the, you never quite get to the end of that to read pile, unfortunately. But uh, I, I, the the book I've been reading recently is, is um, the Dark, Darkness Falls by Alex Knight, who we had on the podcast for the last episode. I was wow. halfway through it by that point, and and it was and I was really enjoying it. And it is a fantastic book. It's a kind of so, uh, he's a Scottish crime writer. If you don't know who he is, um, he, he writes under Mason Cross normally, um, but he's he's got a kind of a new name to put out of some standalone titles, and it's it's. He's a he's a crime writer, but he's not kind of typical Scottish crime writing. It's they are set in America, and um and this one um as we talked about in the last podcast is set around a character called Thessaly, who has witnessed her brother's murder, and years later comes across who she thinks is the murderer in a random meeting in a in a diner, and sets about trying to discover if it is him, and. Everything happens from there, and I can't. There's a kind of twist halfway through that you can't really kind of, or a reveal that halfway through that you can't really kind of talk about without kind of ruining the story too much. But it's definitely, if anyone who listened to the last one, I have now finished the book, and it is definitely <laughs> worth um, reading. So do kind of check that one out if you do get a chance to. But thank you very much, guys, for joining me on this podcast. It has been fantastic to hear your insight into um, both the kind of the school librarian job and role and also what has been kind of popular in um, your schools and what kids are st- still looking for and reading. It's been great to kind of have you guys to kind of chat about with that. Um, if you, if the listeners have enjoyed this episode of our podcast, you guys can leave us feedback on the podcast by using the hashtag, hashtag FLB podcast on Twitter or by dropping us a wee email to librarypodcast at northland.gov.uk. And I'll end the podcast by just giving you a wee quick update on some library services information as well. We have recently put on a sign-up form for a newsletter on the Culture NL website, so do check that out and sign up to that if you want to receive a monthly newsletter from the library service with all the most up-to-date information about events, changes to the service and stuff like that, and keep yourself right up to date. You can do that. And also, since the last podcast as well, we have also increased the opening hours at Cleland Library, Shorts Library, and New Mains Library. So we do continue to try and reopen the service as much as possible. And we are slowly but surely getting there. So we've opened up a few more libraries for longer, giving you guys more access to some of the libraries. But that's all for us for just now, guys. Thank you very much, Anna and Kirsten, for joining me. It has been great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Bye everyone.